Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but they can help us all to grow. If you haven't listened before, then each week we tell you what we've been up to for the past week, recommend something we've loved, whether that's a podcast, a TV show, or something else. And then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to what's going on right now. They often mirror the conversations that we're having together and are things that just don't necessarily get the airtime that we think they should. If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. And we'd be grateful for a five-star review because it really does help us out. How was your week, my love? Tell me, what have you been up to? I've just been so busy, which is not something I love because I feel like I need a break. But we've applied for our visa. We are moving to a different place this weekend. Um, So there's been a lot going on. But... um, it's been really fun. We've I hosted my first meetup with Digital Nomads here in Split this week, which was really nice. Um, and this is probably my most exciting discovery since being here. We went to the cinema for the first time and it is so cheap. It's like five pounds for a ticket. Oh my God. I th- think it's just the UK that have a severely overpriced cinema system because when I was in Prague we went and it was like yeah it was like a few quid and it was the best thing yeah we got two adult tickets and a large popcorn for 11 pounds so it's five pounds a ticket and then a large popcorn was a pound bargain absolute bargain I love yeah it's just like can you imagine in the UK you'd be paying probably 25 quid for all of that um but I did finally see Doctor Strange which is what we went to see at the cinema it was very exciting. I'm very jealous. I don't think we're going to go until after Alex's exam now. So if I manage to avoid spoilers for another, what, 31 days, um, I think that's an achievement in itself. It is really good. It'll be worth it when you see it. I really enjoyed it. Um, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Honestly, the only thing I feel like I've done in the past week is injure myself. Um, I've just had like I've not done anything I've not done anything exciting or glamorous um, I had a very chilled weekend I was ill last week and I was like you know what I'm just going to take things slow because I need to you know listen to my body rest the injuries I have managed to collect just from being at home for seven days I've sliced my finger cutting up a mango um which wasn't fun, but it was a very ripe man- mango. I walked into a door and cut my foot and like obviously hit my head. Um, hit my head on one of the door handles in our kitchen. And then I've like messed up my finger. So I just feel like I've been a bit of a disaster zone in the past yeah. week. And I don't feel like I've actually done anything other than injure myself and finish selling Sunset. <laughs> that's that's an achievement and it can only get better surely surely no injuries this week like it's peak like I know I'm clumsy but this is just to a whole new level at this point um I think Mercury's in retrograde so I'm blaming that um it actually is someone someone told me that the other day we were at the beach with a friend and she tripped and like fell in the sea and she was like it's Mercury I was like what (gasps) Oh my God. Okay. So this isn't me being an absolute klutz. It's actually Mercury. She's got it out for me. So I can't take responsibility for my own actions. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going with that. But anyway, 
Um, what's your recommendation for the week, my love? My recommendation is um, a comedy special on Netflix, Ooh. and it's a stand-up comedian called Taylor Tomlinson. And I kept getting advertised her special. Uh, she's American, and she has a special called Quarter Life Crisis. And Netflix kept showing it to me, like kept advertising it to me. I was like, wow, is this? Does Netflix know something about my quarter life crisis? Um, so I watched that and it was amazing. And then I realized she actually has a newer one that came out earlier this year called Look at You. And I was crying with laughter. I will say that her humor is quite kind of confronting and kind of uncomfortable, but I also feel like that's the same with a lot of comedians. Um, mm -hmm. But she really openly talks about her experiences with depression and bipolar disorder and also the death of a parent as well. So obviously if that's um, something that's difficult for you, then I wouldn't recommend listening. But the way that she addresses it, opens up the conversation about it and then kind of puts it as part of her whole like comedy act is absolutely hilarious. And I realised I recorded a bit for you and I forgot to send it to you. But she's basically talking about like the inconvenience of the times that she has a panic attack. Oh and my God, yes. <laughs> she was saying like, why does it always happen? She's like, you know, when you need a shit, but you have to like cut it off, like cut it off halfway and you've not finished. She's like, I have to do that with my panic attacks. I'm like, no, I've got to go to work. But what I will do is I will go to the toilet later at work in the big cubicle, as long as no one else is there and I will finish it in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, God, this sounds oh, right up my street. <laughs> I was crying with laughter and I recorded that bit to send to you but then I forgot to send it um so yeah it's just really funny light-hearted if that's your kind of comedy then yeah really recommend giving either of her specials a watch oh my god I love that are they both on Netflix yeah amazing amazingly I haven't had that suggested to me on Netflix I mean maybe Netflix thinks I just want reality tv now because that is all I've really watched for weeks possible um that and David Letterman but I will give that a go because I love a comedy special. I just love laughing. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Um, what's your recommendation? I've got a podcast and it will also really make you laugh. And if I had thought about it, I would have recorded parts and sent it to you. But yeah. it's the podcast called My Therapist Ghosted Me. And from the offset, I just think the title is bloody fantastic. It's hosted by Vogue Williams and Joanne McNally. Each week they kind of they share like what they've done in the week and like their thoughts on different things and like embarrassing situations and that sort of thing that they've been in and then people like submit theirs as well and they're like look we might not solve any of your problems but sometimes it's just like nice to tell other people about that really like cringy thing you did or stupid thing you did um it's hilarious like I was listening to it the other day when I was driving and I was actually like, I don't know if I can listen to it when I'm driving because I was laughing so much and I was trying to keep my eyes like fully open to see the road. <laughs> but I was like, this is so funny. And I was like, God, if anyone can see my face right now, but it's hilarious. Um, again, some of the things they say are quite confronting and like they very, interestingly, they very candidly speak as well about having like a dead parent. Um, God, there's a real theme to this week's topics, aren't there? Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, like it's so funny. I think you would love it. Definitely start at the beginning. So there's only, I say only, they've done it for like just over a year. So there's like 70 episodes or something. And a new episode comes out every week. But scroll back to the beginning and start there. Because I think that like 
there's a few like callbacks to previous episodes and I think it's like anything you get to know them a bit better and like what they do which is nice um but yeah absolutely hilarious 10 out of 10 recommend so this is a weird coincidence someone at this meetup that I hosted recommended this podcast to me on Friday last week so it's actually on my to listen list already because they they were absolutely loving it as well said the same thing as you and they also said to start from the beginning as well which is really interesting and probably a testament to how good it actually is that two people have recommended it and said the same thing it's so funny and what's so funny is that so Vogue Williams is a model tv presenter a lot of people probably like the reason I knew her name was because she's married to Spencer Matthews from Made in Chelsea um And she had a reality show with him here, which I've now binge watched and absolutely love. But the media, like the way the media speak about her isn't always very positive. But when you listen to the podcast, her and Joanne both have a very dry, sarcastic, like self-deprecating way of speaking. And it's Mm. interesting because they talk about then how the media say, like misquote things they say in the podcast. Mm. And it's really like, it was just, a, it's really interesting to hear like how like the media totally like distorts stuff. I'm going to have to give that a listen. Now I've had two recommendations for it. It's a sign. It's a complete sign. So this week we are chatting about enriching relationships and that doesn't just mean romantic relationships, but also the relationships that you have with friends and family. And this might seem a bit of a kind of interesting angle to come at it from but I think part of enriching relationships and understanding how other people work is understanding what the other person values and appreciates Mm -hmm. and how you can support them as a friend or or a partner so this week we wanted to just talk about those opportunities that are there to have that kind of more mutual understanding we are obsessed I say obsessed, that feels like a bit of a strong word, but we're very much into love languages. Like, I think I first did my love language test a couple of years ago. And I think the first person I text before I even told Alex, and it's probably like, he's probably the person who would get the most use out of this. But I text you and was like, oh my God, you've got to do this. And the reason I loved it was, I think like we've spoken before about how we love a personality test. And like, it's why I love horoscopes. I just think it's interesting. But anyway, they give you it gives you a really good insight into how someone actually perceives relationships and what's good for them I think there's a real like stereotype isn't there on like Valentine's Day you get flowers and chocolates and a teddy bear and that sort of thing just never appealed to me like I hate anything like that not from like a superiority or judgment point of view but it's just not my bag like if you buy me red roses and chocolates and a teddy bear I'm going to play you don't know me but I get so much joy out of someone else taking out the bins or saying, actually, babe, I'll do the washing up or oh, I'm popping into town. Do you want me to pick up your prescription? And I just thought I was a weirdo, to be honest, and maybe a little bit lazy. And then once I did my love language, I realized that actually, no, that's just how I'm wired. And there are loads of different ways that you can show love and affection and care for someone that aren't just giving gifts. And actually, so they, there's five different like love languages in total and the test will give you a percentage ranking for all of them. Receiving gifts is my lowest one. Yeah, mine too. Um, It doesn't mean I'm ungrateful. It just means that there's other things you could do before doing that that will mean more to me. And 
it kind of sparked a really interesting conversation between two of us about how not just love languages, but like understanding yourself and actually what is valuable to you can help you understand others around you because you can have a more frank conversation. Like, yeah, you can meet that person where they are rather than meeting them where you are. Like, you know that receiving gifts is very low on my list, but actually quality time is much higher. So instead of you sending me a gift of 50 quid, I'd rather we go for a meal together and have a chat or jump on Zoom. And that sort of thing just helps you to enrich any relationship because you understand one another better. Yeah, I will say like I probably come at it from a slightly different angle. So I don't really do the like horoscope type thing. And that's why I was always very skeptical of the whole love languages. And I do think the name love languages, mm. although that is accurate, I do feel like it does it a slight disservice because yeah, I love languages is basically, it's supposed to be how to speak your partner's love language. But me knowing that Charlotte would prefer to spend quality time together over receiving gifts is helpful as a friend. I don't yeah. think knowing this information about someone is exclusively for romantic relationships. No, not at all. So there's five love languages, just in case anyone doesn't know. So it's words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time and acts of service. So mine is the same as Charlotte, also acts of service. So Mm. I know for me in a similar way, if someone, I don't know, is able to lighten my load or take something off my plate or just do something that helps me out, that is much more that speaks to me much more than someone giving me a gift or kind of giving me words of affirmation and but it's different for everyone and that's why I think it's really important to do the test so you can understand not just your partner but your your friends and even and it's a fun discussion to have as well it's not like this is a test and it's all serious and that like that's why we ended up talking about it because I think it's a really interesting insight into what you value and what's also what really annoys you I think yeah. you can really come at this the, from the other angle. Whereas I, like this is always a challenge for us, but Taylor's love language is physical touch. So he always likes to likes to hold hands, likes to cuddle, like all of this. Whereas if I'm working, I'm like, don't touch me. Like, yeah. do, do not yeah. touch me. <laughs> I have shit to do. So then I now realize I'm like, okay, this is something that's important to him. In the evening when we're spending time together, that's a time where I can be like actually offer him that whole physical touch side of things that he really enjoys. Like it doesn't have to be, like it's something that annoys me, but I can also acknowledge that it's something that's really important to him. And I think that's where it's a really interesting kind of test to do. Yeah. I think it's also like, I feel like this is a very important caveat after that story that the titles they give different types of love languages are so like vague and broad like physical touch can just be like if you're quite a tactile person Uh like I have friends who are very tactile and who like love a hug I hate hugging yeah I just I'm not a hugger there's like I could probably count on like one hand the people who I hug and Uh past that I'm like no but for them like having that like when you show affection you put your hand on their shoulder or something they love that yeah and there's lots of like acts of service doesn't have to be someone taking out the bins or you know being a slave to you it can be like you get into bed and sometimes Alex will put my hot water bottle at the bottom of my bed because he knows my feet get really cold (laughs) yeah 
And that, to me, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever because it's anticipating a need that I know I have, but I don't necessarily like prioritizing myself. And as a team at work, we actually were discussing love languages because I can't remember how we got onto the topic. I think it was like talking about praise. And it's so useful as a like line manager to know what your employees love languages are because you're like, okay, I know that actually me saying, oh my God, that's an amazing piece of work. Well done. is nice for you, but it isn't as beneficial as me maybe like nominating you for an award or, you know, getting you a Coke when I don't go downstairs to be like, oh, nice work. Like you can understand how to actually like make people feel really valued, not just in like personal relationships, but in professional relationships. And if you know, someone's actually like really values words of affirmation that's a really easy way to make someone feel really valued in a team and it doesn't really make mean that your behaviors have to change it's just translating it for the different people around you and Mm. I think as a team we're now more like aligned because we know those things about one another yeah it is that knowing how you can best support another person I think that's where it can be really really valuable and even I think with parents as well like I know that my mum's is also acts of service. I actually don't even need her to do the test. I know that that's true. So when I'm at home, if I'd go and do something without her even like voicing a need or like asking for help, she's massively appreciative of it. And I think that's, again, a really nice like way when I'm back home and I'm spending time with my parents, what can I do to help them? Like what's going to really support them? And this is what we mean, that you can apply it to any relationships in your life. It doesn't have to just be your romantic relationship because you're fundamentally just trying to understand what that other person values in their relationships. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I think you're right. So I've never even thought about getting my parents to do love languages, but um, that can be their task for the bank holiday weekend. (laughs) But you're right. It's just... it's showing people that you understand them and I think Mm -hmm. that in its I think that in itself is really important right like yeah and you understand why people are doing stuff like you were saying about physical touch you understand why someone is behaving in a certain way and you're like why are you doing that it's because to them that's loving and caring Mm -hmm. and when you understand what theirs are and you understand what yours are you can just have a really great conversation about it yeah yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know, if if love languages doesn't feel right for you, there are a lot of other tests. I always, I also love the Enneagram test. And yes, love an Enneagram test or 16 personalities I did recently. And that one's really interesting. Yeah. And I think they are all really beneficial to do in whether it's in your relationship or in a team environment at work or even just as a fun thing to do between you and your friends just to have a bit more of an understanding of what's what's important to the people around you because sometimes it's obvious but sometimes it really it really isn't and Mm. I think realizing what's important to others even if it isn't important to you allows you to be a more open and self-aware and kind of a more giving person which like at the end of the day a relationship is give and take isn't it It, it's something that's right for you might not be right for the other person but it doesn't mean that you can't support them in what what they what's right for them 
And I think as well, it opens up other conversations. Like if you're already having a conversation about um, how you want to communicate with one another, it becomes more normal to have those conversations and to have them in a way that isn't confrontational or inflammatory. Like, I don't know, mm. if your partner always leaves like their socks on the floor and you find that really frustrating, is it that you find it frustrating full stop or is it actually that you then have to, you then feel the need to clean that up for someone else because a clean and tidy space is something that makes you feel calm? Instead of mm. being like, don't do that, I don't like it, you can then have a conversation that goes, actually, that I find that really difficult because this is what I prioritize and you doing that makes it feel like you don't respect that priority. Mm. So you're not then having a conversation like you need to pick your dirty socks up, but it's babe, can you not do that please? Because actually this is why, and this is the impact it has on me. And I just think it sounds really cringe. It sounds really like holier than thou and all of that. And I definitely don't think it has to be. I think it's actually a much more mature way to deal with any sort of relationship and I mean, we've spoken, I don't know if we've ever spoken about it on the podcast, but we've spoken about it a lot between ourselves of like the importance of sometimes just like removing your ego from a situation mm. and having those honest conversations um, and how beneficial that can be. And I think this really helps facilitate that because you understand yourself that bit better. And in understanding yourself better, you can go, okay, maybe they're just interpreting this differently. Yeah, I think especially in those situations and if it is things that annoy you whether it is things with your partner or things at work whatever the scenario might be I think especially in that situation you can't just keep treating the symptom you have to look at what mm-hmm. cause is and I if that cause that. is yes that you need a like a clean quiet space to feel calm or whatever it might be understanding the actual why why something is annoying to you or why something frustrates you or upsets you is a really important conversation to have with your partner because how like no one's a mind reader how are they going to know why something and I I totally understand that sometimes it might frustrate you that that your partner or someone at work or the people that you live with don't understand why you're like that but no one else is inside your head and actually having that open conversation about why something bothers you or what's really important to you is I don't think it has to be done in a confronting way it can just be that honest conversation about this is what's important to me and this is what annoys me and like please tell me what yours are because I want to make sure I'm just as aware of your needs as you are of mine yeah exactly it's it's being aware of other people's needs and it isn't saying that you know if someone's love language is Uh, receiving gifts that you suddenly have to buy them presents every single day and spend a lot of money on them it's more about being make like making someone aware that you're present in their mind in a positive Mm. way so instead Mm of you know it doesn't have to be big gestures all the time it can be the little things but knowing that information just helps you to actually meet people where they are instead of filling in the blanks yourself because let's be honest you know if if the dirty socks are on the floor it's not really about the dirty socks is it like that's not nice but why you're angry about it is not going to be about the socks it's probably because you feel like it means that that person doesn't care or doesn't respect your space or they think that 
you'll clean up after them and you're kind of inventing a story and you don't have any of the information for it Mm. so you sit there you get riled up and you get all angry and you can you know you're like muttering to yourself not about the bloody socks and actually if you're honest you just don't have that feeling anymore because it's a horrible place to be in when you understand why people do things or why they prioritize other things you kind of stop filling in the blanks and I think it makes relationships a lot easier yeah I will say as well when you do I mean there's loads of different tests online for the love language but if you do it a lot of them will break down like what your love language is how to communicate actions to take and also things to avoid so then it's just as important to know what to avoid as like this one that I'm looking at which absolutely cracks me up acts of service things to avoid is lacking follow-through on small and large tasks oh my god I can't explain how much like it's like nails down a chalkboard I I, yeah no I can't I can't cope (laughs) whereas I'm like okay so this is this is something that is something to really avoid and I have to make that clear to to people like this this will frustrate me if there is a lack of follow-through and I get that some people will operate in that way and I have to acknowledge that sometimes I will need to be forgiving of that because not everyone's brain works the same way that that mine does like I'm very type a and I know that not everyone operates like that so as much as we're like yes love languages are really helpful it's also I don't know that makes me looking at that makes me aware of possibly what I'm very uptight about which is a lack of follow-through sometimes follow-through is very important sometimes is it worth the fight or worth the argument maybe not. yeah that's the thing isn't it like I know there are people who like I've got a friend who loves a hug like she absolutely loves a hug and it just never occurred to me that me not hugging her might be something that she's like oh you never hug me I just I just don't think about it but then you're like oh actually that thing is important to someone and you can rectify it it's like okay I'll hug you and it's not that I don't care it's just that I'm like it's not really it just wouldn't ever even occur to me but then I think when you realize that it makes you more aware of the things you have to be forgiving of because you're like okay well the reason I wasn't hugging them isn't because I didn't care or I didn't you know I didn't want to it's just because it hadn't occurred to me and it's made me more forgiving of when people then don't like don't follow through on small actions and stuff like that. Because I'm like, actually, it's probably just they're not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just as important to understand like the other side of that situation and possibly what your like what your flaws are, maybe to help you yeah, yeah be a bit more forgiving because then it helps you. Yeah, it, it just makes you a more self-aware person of how other people's, like not everyone's brain works the same. Not everyone's thought process is the same. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different from yours. Exactly. And that, I think that gives you a bit more compassion for yourself, more compassion for others, and it helps you meet mm. people where they are. And ultimately that's what helps you to build a better relationship. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have already done it or you haven't done it yet, please let us know what your love languages are because we're just absolutely fascinated by this sort of thing. Um, and if you have any other like personality tests or anything like that that you'd recommend, please let us know because we're always on the lookout for other ones to <laughs> give a go. We will leave a link in the show notes to the love language test and some other ones that we've done that we think are quite interesting if you want to give them a go. And we will be back next week with a new episode. So hit subscribe so you don't miss it and stay well. Bye. Bye.